Hello, I'm Eric Holdeman, and this is Disaster Zone, a podcast about emergencies and disasters of all types. Disaster Zone will bring you interviews with people dealing with all aspects of disasters, from what causes them to how people and organizations are dealing with their impact. Here's today's program. Today's podcast is being sponsored by The Blue Cell. With over 100 courses available within the areas of crisis, consequence, and incident management, the Blue Cell has online, virtual, live, or in-person options. Go to www.thebluecell.com forward slash training to sign up today. Welcome to the Disaster Zone podcast. With me today is Benny Lochner, Cornerstone Coaching and Training. Uh, one of the outcomes from the coronavirus pandemic is that many governments and businesses have moved to virtual workplaces and they're not going back to the office as far as I can tell in many uh, ways. Now, what's been missing is any training or coaching on how to lead virtual teams because we evidently didn't anticipate this, which is the subject of today's podcast and welcome to the show, Betty. Thank you. It's great to be here, Eric, with one of my favorite former bosses. Yeah, and we're, you were just counting up the years. How many years ago was that? It's been a while. It's been over 25 years ago when we worked in emergency management for the state together. Yeah, and I never, I never grew up. I stayed in emergency management. You moved on. So I moved on because at the time I had small children, and it was, it was hard when we had activations. So yeah, yeah. yeah but I loved that work. Yeah. <clears throat> So Betty, if you're an emergency manager, she's part of the alumni. So uh, she knows right. that that piece, that, you know, we have right. a much broader audience than emergency managers. But why don't we delve into this now? Sure. So, um, you know, all the major companies that I have interacted with that went virtual in March of 2020, and uh, they're saying now, uh, we're actually gonna have a call with them again in a couple of days. I have no plans to go back to the office anytime soon, if, if ever. Uh, we jumped into this environment with little or no preparation for leading teams virtually. And Betty, you're kind of in the communications business. What have you found to be the communication challenges for team leaders and managers in this new remote work environment? Well, I think, first of all, it's harder than anybody thought. And it, it happened so quickly that people had to and their teams had to pivot quickly. And so people are just now settling in. It's eight months in and we're just now settling in. The one message I've been trying to give to people is that you need to treat this like it's permanent now, no longer temporary. You need to make the adjustments you need to make. But the, the biggest challenges are that you, you, know, you need to over-communicate. You need to amplify what you're doing you need to set expectations and you need to have a plan. Those are really the big things that are missing from a lot of people that are just kind of taking it day by day at this time. Yeah, and I think you hit on the, the key thing. This, this is it going forward, so. Uh... Right, the, the national studies for all businesses, large, small, state, government, is that 50% will go back to in some form eventually and much of that will be a hybrid. But 50% of, of groups and teams are gonna continue to work 
almost solely remotely and others will be very much a hybrid model. I think we're seeing an, a revolution that is going to change how we work forever. And now is the time to really realize what you need to do different to make that happen. Okay, and you say hybrid, we're not talking about Prius cars. So the hybrid you're talking about is what? Some of your teams in the office and some of your team are remote. And so you, you, not, you don't, it'll be very unusual to have your whole team face-to-face -face in the future. Yeah. So many or, of them uh, either the part-time or whole-time um, yeah. working remotely. Yeah, uh, that's the other piece of the hybrid is someone's, you know, at home three days and in the office two maybe or something. Right, yeah. right. And so the, the other challenge right now is to make sure that everybody on your team has equal access to the technology that they need. So if you have people that have bad internet connection or bad cameras, you know, you need to be investing in making sure that you're being inclusive in what tools are available because there's starting to become kind of a differential of that. And so, and so companies need to invest in cameras for everybody or the right kind of laptops for everybody yeah. and get them that, and, and making sure that their internet is strong because you can't have, we can't have kind of a disproportionate kind of tools. The other, the other challenge is going to be is people at the office versus people at working remotely, how are you going to treat them equally? Because if you're face-to-face -face yeah. with the boss, you have more chance to, uh, to talk. Literally, it, all is, face, it is FaceTime. <laughs> exactly. And so you, it's really going to be a challenge for um, team leaders and managers to figure out how to do that well. So uh, given we're in this environment now, it's not going away. You know, what should we and can we be doing differently? And uh, how does HR play a different role in all of this? Well, HR needs to be out front in making sure that that policies are changing, you know, just down, down to even job descriptions. You know, you want to make sure that you're looking at how you are reinventing jobs and how that is impacting other jobs, making sure that things are accurate and making sure that there's policies that are clear and understandable. I mean, even as emergency managers, I remember talking about pandemics, but, but as a possible scenario, but very few people were prepared for this. And so that goes all the way back to HR. What kind of policies do you need to change in terms of flexibility, equipment, all of those kinds of things. The main thing you really want to do is make sure that expectations are clear and that they're communicated well. And it's surprising. Uh, here's one you might not know, but came up in a previous podcast that New York City did not have a work from home policy. Right. You know, and another large metropolitan city near us did not have a work from home uh, right. policy. So people putting these things together on the fly and probably I would say have to go back and revisit some of the things. Right. They, they put them together on a temporary basis and now we're permanent. And so we need to see a mind shift in how we're addressing that. Okay. So we're nine months plus or so, give or take into the pandemic, um, what are some of the best practices, your tips for leading a virtual team now and into the future? And I, I, 
I would say for people who are not out walking, jogging or something, you might want to get your notepad out, you know, <laughs> take some <laughs> notes on this because. Right. And, and also if you go to my blog, I have a blog where I have a lot of these tips. I mean, I've been focusing pretty much primarily on virtual listening and virtual communication tips since March okay. when I, you know, was quickly pivoting training and uh, working with clients. And I actually had a course that started in March. It was called uh, How to Be a Better Boss. And we evolved that course because everything was changing every single day. So I've been really following best practices and you really should be doing your virtual communication if you're all remote at least 50% of the time with a camera on face to face, maybe 25% email and 25% phone, but a lot of people are still relying on what's easy, and that's to pick up the phone or to send an email or worse yet, a text. And those are flat, you don't have non-verbals, and it's it's really going to hinder the kind of communication you have. Okay, we need need to take a commercial break here and have you say the name of your blog. I'm happy to do that. Uh, it's cornerstone-ct.com. So the hyphen is a dash. Cornerstone. The hyphen is dash. Yeah, cornerstone coaching and training. So cornerstone-ct.com. And I have all my blogs and all the other information there. Okay. So now let's dive into this. You, you already probably gave one tip here. What, what I gave one tips? tip and that's use the right technology to fit, fit it to fit the situation. So you wanna make sure that you are using face-to-face and that includes cameras as much as possible. The second one I also stated is, you know, don't make any assumptions, make your expectations clear. You may need to revisit your expectations of what you want people to be doing, how you want them to behaving, either how you want them to dress. I mean, things are starting to slide into this no rule zone where, you know, it's okay to wear t-shirts that say things. It's okay to dress like you're cleaning your garage. And if, if that's not appropriate and you want to keep the business setting, you need to tell people that rather than just complain about it or uh, make judgments about them without saying anything. The third one is that you want to confirm your understanding. So you want to make sure that you are as I said earlier, over-communicating. You want to use open-ended questions, paraphrase, summar- summarize, repeat questions back, say things like, "How do you tell me how you want to approach this or tell me more and really getting at not making assumptions that what they say one short thing and you mean, right. you think they mean. Well, here's, here's a quote that. that maybe you can use in your training. And um, I used to collect them on three by five cards, but this one is stuck in my brain. It's not good enough to communicate to be understood you must be able to communicate so that you're not misunderstood. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you wanna make sure that your message is getting across, but also that you're making it safe for others to speak. You're giving people time. You are uh, asking to hear from people that you may not have heard from before. You're working at ways to increase engagement to, just to make sure that you you're really clear on what the communication is. Um, the next one is to have a team communication plan and review it regularly. We talk a little bit more about that if you want. Um, and then also make sure that you're checking in office often. Don't overlook the one-to-ones. Don't overlook the weekly meetings. If you used to have a weekly check-in, continue doing the check-in. It's even more important to ask for feedback and input 
often on how it's going. Some people are handling this a lot better than others. And you want to be clued in to the ones that need your support or that have distractions, things in their lives that you need to understand and help with. The other one is uh, deal with problems as they arise. So if something happens on screen or in a, however you're communicating, if it doesn't feel right or look right, address it now. Don't wait for it to become a problem. Don't make an assumption that you misunderstood or that wasn't off. But if, you, if something weird happens or you see people not communicating that used to communicate or you, there's something that sticks out to you, making sure you're checking back in, calling them up or getting hopping back on and saying, what's going on? I, I noticed this. It, it looked like you were not engaged or you were upset or whatever the issue is. Can we talk about that? And don't wait until it's a problem. Then you have to deal with discipline or misunderstandings later. So yeah. shovel the piles when the piles are small is what I always let, teach. Let your spidey senses work. Exactly. And, and yeah, uh, because you uh, Oh, this distant communication is, you don't have as many sensory systems, even on, you know, we're doing this on Zoom and there's other platforms, still, you're not catching everything. You're not catching the facial expressions of everybody in the room as quickly, perhaps, with right. reacting to somebody. So Exactly. That's, you kind of have to amplify, you know, everything, you know, you need to, people are watching you, you, and so if you're being distracted, you, they're going to be distracted or think you don't care, um, you know, model the behavior that you want to see. So, you know, make sure you're looking, leaning in, calling on people, looking them in the eye, look in the camera when you're talking, look, you know, at them when they're talking and just really amp up how you are listening. And then the final tip, tip is just learn how to run better meetings online. And I've written a couple blogs about that on my site. Just really how to start, how to close, how to amplify all of those tips and tools to run better meetings because that's a big problem. Zoom fatigue, Zoom burnout, long meetings, you know, don't meet for time, meet for purpose, have shorter meetings, um, have only the right people in the meetings. Just learn how to run better meetings, making them fun, keeping people engaged, using the chat, using all of those kinds of tools. Now, on that, one thing that I've found is uh, if you're going to have a meeting, and sometimes you had to find a meeting space, and that would determine how many people could be at the meeting. So mm -hmm. you would limit your invite list to, you know, who would sure. fit in the 10-person conference room type of and what I've observed now with uh, video teleconferencing, lots more people are showing up for meetings that never showed up before. Uh, and that could be because um, they don't have the travel needs. You know, it's easier. It takes mm -hmm. to get around a metropolitan area. But I, I do think people tend to maybe fill up their day even though they don't want to, they, they feel, well, there's a meeting I could attend and, and therefore. I, mm -hmm. I or I'm a little bit interested in this. Yeah. Yeah. So how do and you deal with that? You need to make it really clear. That's part of the communications plan, but making sure that it's really clear the, um, the scope of the meeting, who should be there and who should not be there. And I would, part of your communication plan can be, uh, you know, the specifically you I'm going to invite specific people to this meeting or this meeting is only for these people or 
whatever the the parameters are but you have to work a little harder as the facilitator to make sure that you are not wasting people's time by saying oh if you're interested join and you know in the past that would be people wouldn't because there are so many other things going on or they're on the road or whatever and it was too hard we didn't we weren't good at the technology to do these now we're great and getting good at it so everybody's like oh, i'll just hop on and hear what's going on you're making clear who should be at that meeting and who should not be at that meeting and as a, a leading that meeting you want to make sure that you are taking responsibility for that and that can be a an, inv an invite that says this meeting is for these people and here's why or this meeting is not for these people there's be another pe another meeting for you so i'm expecting 10 people on this meeting or whatever it is and so people just start getting used to you helping them make that decision because if they have to make that decision on every meeting they're going to default for well he might want me there my boss might want me there what if i'm not there if i'm not going to the meetings are they going to notice so you just need to make it really clear who needs to be there and why so what you're saying is this whole virtual thing is a snap. It's no, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot it's a lot harder. And I think it's a lot harder for bosses in general. It, to be a remote boss is is tough. And because you, you take on a lot more responsibility to make sure that people are doing the right things and it's harder to monitor. And there's a lot of challenges, but they definitely are challenges you can overcome. In fact, my, my course I talked about last spring called How to Become a Better Boss, I'm morphing that, I'm changing that, I'm opening it up in February and it's gonna be called The Remote Boss. So it's all these great tools about how to supervise in general and communicate in general with an emphasis on how to do that really well in a remote and a hybrid environment because those are the tools that are missing. People are thinking it's the same, but it's different. They're thinking it's easy, but it's hard. And until you kind of realize that and see the difference when you do a few different things to get people more engaged, to understand them, to set expectations, all those things, then you really realize how much more you can get out of them. Because productivity went up at the beginning of the pandemic, it's starting to go down now. People are getting into ruts, they're, they're uh, losing interest, they're not keeping the energy up. So we're starting to see all the good things about the pandemic and everything starting to wane because people are like, oh my God, we're never going back. So now what do we do? And they're, they're not getting the kind of feedback and support that they need to know how to be engaged, how to be interested in what they're doing again and understanding what they're what the value is that they have. They still need to be appreciated. They still need to be communicated to. They still need to know really clearly what the expectations are. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break right now and we'll be right back and learn more about uh, leading teams virtually and having that team communication plan. So stand by. Today's podcast is being sponsored by The Blue Cell. With over 100 courses available within the areas of crisis, consequence, and incident management, The Blue Cell has online, virtual, live, or in-person options. Go to www.thebluecell.com forward slash training to sign up today. Well, we're back, and today we're talking with Betty Lochner. <laughs> Cornerstone Coaching and Training. And I think we mentioned her blog one more time at the end. Everybody, Betty can pay me for uh, all this free advertising. She's yeah, I definitely will. You know, I'll pay you twice as much as I'm already paying you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. 
Um, I, I think this is a key piece of those seven tips you gave us as you talk about needing a communications plan and you gave one piece of that, you know, defining who should be coming to the meeting. So, you know, what, what other elements are there in a communications plan? Why is it important? Sure. So basically a communication plan helps everybody understand the expectations really clearly. They all agree on them or you put them out there and talk about them or get their input. But basically there's five categories that you want to cover. And in my course, I have a worksheet that you go through and use. And But basically you have the category of general technology, culture, engagement, and feedback. And so you talk about what's expected in each of those categories. So general may be turn your camera on, ask for help in the chat, raise your hand to speak, you know, general protocol that you're using that you want everybody to do the same thing. Are side conversations encouraged or not? Um, you know, put everybody's microphone on mute. All of those kinds of things can be general expectations so everybody's on the same page. Technology is, what are we, do we all have the same equipment? Are we gonna general issue them? Are you responsible for it? Um, is your camera supposed to be on? So a lot of people that I've worked with have said, what do I do when people are refusing to turn their camera on? I'm like, well, you tell them they expect it. And if they don't have the camera, you get them the camera. It's no different than in, in the office when you're face to face and somebody needs a new, a second monitor so they can do their work. It's no different than that. So we have to realize that we got to get people to find send them a camera they're not very expensive but say it's expected i want to see everybody's face and so a lot of people are just using a lot of different excuses not to do that i did a whole training with the u.s army armaments division on their leaders because and the whole goal the chief of staff wanted me to help them understand the importance of the cameras that was the whole goal of this two-hour workshop was to convince these generals and colonels that they how important that was and so it, it, is, it makes a huge difference. So that's a perfect example um, on, of the technology or it could be the, the bandwidth you have or whatever it is that's making sure that everybody has equal access and what are you expecting them to do with, what kind of equipment would you, do you, do you want, do you have uh, expectations about backgrounds? Like, do, no, I don't want people in their bedrooms. I, you know, I, and this, this, uh, Backdrop behind me costs eight bucks on Amazon. And so instead of looking at my white wall or whatever, my bed behind me, you could put something like that up. So you can tell people, hey, um, virtual backgrounds, are you, do you allow them? I find them very distracting um, if they're not done right with a green screen. So, you know, what those kinds of things um, make it clear. The, the third one is culture. Like what is, what do, how, what do we expect from people? I expect you to participate. Um, I expect you uh, people to uh, listen well. Um, you know, what, what do you expect? Yeah. How are you going to take your culture from at work face-to-face -face on to the camera. Are we going yeah. to do celebrate? Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just uh, your reference training in the military uh, and what you're talking about now. Um, there's a term uh, that come from military background is present and accounted for. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone is present and accounted mm -hmm. for. Well, <laughs> being present and then being present right. are two different things. Two different things. Right. The exactly. camera can help some. Um, I just heard this. Uh, funny story a guy was talking about he 
he did a screen share and he had a presentation to give as part of this meeting he was in. And then his piece was done. And then he switched to do an email. And his screen share was still on. Yeah. And everybody said, hey, Phil, uh, we can see you do an email now. And it looks like you're, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's yep. the other aspect of this. I, I think camera helps with that. You yes, know, I totally, uh, and distractions and um, culture could be around distractions, you know, I expect you to be focusing on this and your phones are off and, you know, all of those kinds of expectations that help um, people communicate better and understand better, make that clear, put it in a, put it in a communication plan and everybody has it in front of him and you talk about it and you say, Hey, is there anything we need to add or change? And some people say, you know, I missed the birthday celebration. So maybe once a month you get online and sing how whatever, whatever you are, you know, try, we no longer can meet in the coffee shop and talk, have hallway conversations that where we get a lot of work done. Those aren't happening anymore. How can you recreate those events that make your culture positive and engaging so you can put that right in there we're going to do you know every monday or the first monday of every month we're going to do a quick celebration for birthdays so get your favorite um, meme ready to post or you know whatever and do something fun come up with creative ways to bring fun back into work because that's starting to be missing people are missing that socialization and that everything is down to business stuff so those are ways that you can you know get the culture but look at the culture you had do you still have it and i do have some tools i use in my course about how to assess your culture and how to make some changes and so if you're thinking this isn't fun anymore then you need to work on culture the other the next one is engagement how are people going to engage uh, do you want them in the chat Make sure that you're telling them, hey, um, if you have things to share, get the links ahead of time, get your things set up ahead of time, be prepared. Um, what do you expect people to do? I expect everybody to, we're gonna do a round robin at the end of each meeting, we're gonna do a check-in, uh, whatever, whatever it is, because you're, you're still gonna have your same kinds of issues where you have the same 20% of the people doing all the talking. Um, you know, What are you doing about your introverts? What are you doing about your uh, people that are new and don't know what to do yet. How are you including them? Um, so come up with rules of engagement. Like I, I want to hear from everybody on this. I want you to put in the chat this. Uh, I want to the next next meeting. Uh, I want to do this. And then again, you know, comes with learning how to do better meetings. But start out with uh, a bit of a check in personally with people. You know, making sure that you're still engaging in who they are and not just at work. So you can put that in your plan. And then the last one is feedback. How are you gonna collect feedback? Are you going to do surveys? Are you gonna do one-on-ones? But ask people, how can I help you be more successful? What, are, what would be good? And they're, they're looking online, they're getting ideas. They may have some great ideas you haven't thought of yet. So how are you getting feedback on how things are going and how you can make them even better? Not unlike what we do when we're back in the office face to face, but we're forgetting some of those things online. And again, it goes back to this is here to stay. It's time to step up and figure out how to do these things. Putting them in a plan is just formalizing a little bit 
so that everybody's on the same page. So when you go through the plan and go over it, say, this is what I expect and everybody, is everybody good with that? Anything we want to change? You get some buy-in on it. And then you really have a document that you can go back to and say, wait, 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 wait. We talked about on this one that we were going to do this. And you can really nip things in the bud, if you will, by saying, that's not what we agreed to. So we're not going to do that today. Well, let's talk, let's talk offline about that separately. And it will help you kind of catch things before they become problems. Okay. So I'm just thinking um, any number of people could be listening and think, oh, well, those are all great tips. Boy, I think that course that she's talking about doing that's delivered online. Was that correct? Oh, yes. Oh, it's yeah. all so, online and it's got <laughs> videos, interviews, worksheets. Okay. It's really, yeah, all that. So I'm, I'm just trying to make this one long commercial for Betty Lochner. I love it. I love it. It's <laughs> awesome. But no, I'm, I'm just thinking sometimes you can't get the training you need mm -hmm. through your organics resources. I uh, have one of right. my um, adult children works for a large aerospace company. I'll just mm -hmm. out who that might be. And um, yeah, I talk, hey, this is a great piece of software. This is, uh, yeah, I give her, he or her tips on um, what, <laughs> you know, where they could get information that, oh, those decisions, we have no freedom. We can't pick anything. Well, sometimes, I say, you have to go get your own thing that you need. So my question for you, all right, Betty, how much is this leading virtual teams course? It's $4.97. It's $4.97. $497. <laughs> it's, um, and then the, yeah, and it's, uh, it includes some coaching and it also, yeah. And there, then I also run some, you know, discounts for people that can't afford it but basically it is a bargain um in terms of the kind of content that's in it and i try to keep it really low cost and affordable yeah. for people so that if they don't have their own yeah. business paying for it they can yeah. pay for themselves and deduct it from their income tax because these are these are career skills these aren't yeah, just right. your job skills and so I, you know i i think about oh um how our university system and other educational programs fail us. You know, we get technical skills, but we don't get any of this. I, in particular, I'm thinking about pastors. I've known a yeah. lot of different pastors. And they go to a seminary, learn how to preach, and they learn how to counsel, and they uh, learn Greek and Hebrew, and it's all into that. And they get out, and they've never been given a, a course on how to be an administrator for a church. You know, exactly. They don't have the practical piece. And then you have doctors who are great surgeons, but can't talk to patients. I mean, yeah, 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 <laughs> there's yeah, gaps. Yeah, that's it. The bedside matter. <laughs> they need bedside 101. Exactly. Exactly. All yes. Right. And so that's what, these are the gaps that I'm trying to help fill. And it's basically based on my 32 years of running teams and what I wish I would have known and had access to somebody that had that had some experience to share early on in my career. So the course is really for new or aspiring managers or even people that just like need need to revisit their skills and have a support group to talk yeah. through. Or they have I get people that have one issue they want to solve <laughs> and yeah. they sign in they go I got this person I don't know what to do with and then we spend the whole course using that as a case. I think that case might have been the second armor, armored division commander there or whoever dealt <laughs> with it. Um, okay, so beyond beyond this, you may able to go to Betty Lochner. Where would be other places people could go, you know, if they were supposed to search for help on these types of things? 
you know, where do you get your ideas from? I, I know some, most of it's self-developed, but um, right. where would they go look for? Well, I get a lot of my information from SHRM, which is the HR, um, the national HR uh, group. And how do you um, spell SHRM. That? SHRM, S-H-R-M, SHRM.com, and they do all these great studies, and I just, uh, you know, I get their monthly, their monthly magazine, but they do blogs every single day on current issues in HR, and this is a big one right now, is how to help these, how to help this virtual world evolve. I get a lot from that, and I get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of information from just reading blogs in the business and best practices that are out there, the Harvards and Forbes and all of that kind of stuff. Everybody's talking about this. Um, Most people are talking in a kind of a global perspective. There's not a lot of people doing what we're doing here, which is really talking to the people that are on the front line and really practical skills um, on how to do that. So do we have to be, Hmm? we have to be a member of SHRM uh, or, no, you can, they have a public site. You can, I'm, uh, you can get more in-depth stuff by being a member. I'm a member, so I get a lot of good stuff there, but you can go on their website and they have like a blog and it, it has regular um, good stuff like this. You can also search, um, but you know that surprisingly, there's a lot of ton of people specializing in the training part of this uh, yet. Um, there are some on a really big scale, very, very expensive but um, you know, on the on a practical scale for just the modern average Joe, um, that's not you know, not a big company taking their whole team yeah. through it. There's right. there's not a lot out there, and so I think that's why people are struggling. Is not only do they they're not sure, or they think, oh, well, I'm just going to do the same thing and get the same results, and they don't, or um, or they can't afford it, or they don't even know where to go to get it. And right, so right. that's why people are kind of muddling through. And I was just reading an article last night about the impact on women. Women are, you know, the ones that are dropping out. They're actually starting to drop out of the workforce because they can't do the work and the expectations and right. teaching their kids and doing all of this stuff. It's really having an, an impact that if we don't figure this out soon, like how we're going to support people, one of the things you could have in your communication plan is distractions. What's appropriate, what's not. So are you say, you know, if you have a distraction, let us know, like a dog or a kid or something or whatever. So you can help people be successful. There was a, you know, there's horror stories about people getting, uh, you know, fired because they can't, they can't find a quiet place in their apartment to do work yeah, without right. kids screaming. They're, they're in the bathroom and trying to so, do eight hours worth of work in the bathroom. Right. right. So how can we support, how can we be more supportive? I mean, that's really what this is all about is how can we as leaders, team leaders, meeting facilitators, help bring the best out of people, help them be successful. Yeah. And these are, and you got to, you got to use some new toolbox. You got to add to your toolbox. You, there's the doing the same old thing and expecting the same result is, is not, is not happening. People are starting to figure that out. And that's why we're starting to get this slump and exhaustion and fatigue and so we need to really re-energize what we're doing with some new tools and then you start to see the results and the engagement and it's like things start you know it's all uncomfortable for us right now and so you got to start getting comfortable with that un- being uncomfortable to be able to move forward okay well I, this has just been terrific i think betty uh having you as a guest you're talking about a very relevant topic at uh, many, if not most people are dealing 
with and the fact that we're not going back the way it was is critically important. So thanks for being on the podcast and um, sharing what you know. Thank you for having me. It was great to see you and to be here and to, to share some tips. Uh, I hope to talk with you again soon. Okay. Well, we should talk about future topics that yeah. maybe we can do. You know, do another one. Well, time. this is here to stay. So there's a lot of great stuff. I mean, in fact, when we did our pre-talk, it was like, which one of these 15 things should we talk about? So there's, a, right. okay. there's a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to have you on monthly. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but, you know, as you just said, virtual teams are here for the foreseeable future. And hopefully um, people listening picked up some good tips on being uh, that good virtual leader. So lastly, a reminder to everyone, be safe. Think about what you can do today. Become better prepared for the next disaster and become more disaster resilient. Perhaps it will be learning to lead virtually. Uh, thanks for listening and tune in again soon. As we sign out, I'll ask Betty, uh, what job did you have in emergency management? I had I had three. I was there for two years. I started out as the hazardous state hazardous materials coordinator, which was a trip. And then I was the earthquake coordinator. And then I worked for you in the communications division um, doing, I was the, when we first had enhanced 911, I was the first training coordinator for the state for that. Okay. So we figured out she can't hold a job, everybody. Yeah, but. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that means she has all this experience in different positions, including that, That's not true. I, <laughs> I was versatile, and I, <laughs> okay. I was able to hop in uh, and wherever I'm gonna I am. I'm, I'm going to end this podcast before it all falls apart. Thanks, right. Betty. For being Thanks for listening to today's Disaster Zone podcast. Tune in again soon for more information on all aspects of disasters and what people and organizations are doing about them. You can also check out the Disaster Zone blog at www.disaster-zone.com.